0: Hey you, welcome to the We Out Here expat podcast, which comes out weekly. Now, let's listen to today's episode. All right, everyone, welcome to the We Out Here expat podcast. I'm here with a good friend of mine, Muhammad. Muhammad, can you introduce yourself for the people?
1: Yes, my name is Mohammed, and I am from uh, Toronto, Canada. I've been living in uh, Saigon for roughly about eight years. Actually, it'll be eight years coming up at, on the 23rd of this month, August, actually. Oh, sorry, of the next month, I apologize. Uh, but yeah, I've, uh, I've been here for quite a long time. Um, the majority of my work has been teaching, but I also have a lot of friends who I've worked with alongside with to do different projects and um, so I have quite a bit of experience living out, out here in Asia. I also lived in Korea, too, for a year. Back in 2009 or 2010 to 2011, I was in Korea. I lived in Busan.
0: Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll talk about that another time when we yeah. talk more about our lives of, as expats. Sure. Um, but for today's topic, we got to touch on the current COVID-19 pandemic that is ripping across the world. Now we're at a stage in which... This um, virus has mutated. There is another variant. Another variant
1: for the Loki fans out there. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, I didn't like yes, that show, a... man. I, I was honest. I didn't really like that what? show. I, uh, what do you mean you didn't like
0: it? Come on now. No, let's, pre- let's not start the Loki hate.
1: No. That, that was good. a great show. Nah, no, man. It wasn't that good. It was just a lot of nonsense. That's what that was. That's like, that's like They're pushing it. They're trying too hard with that one, I think. The first, the first two episodes... It, 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 was, it was a grind to get into it. Once you get past
0: those first two episodes.
1: I was telling Hayden this, and I know what I'm not gonna get too far off topic, but the only thing I wanted to say about this was, is the story's really convoluted. It's like, you can take it in any direction at any time because the story has too many outs. Like, it's just not focused enough. It makes me feel like the next thing you'd be like, oh, well then, then this guy shows up, but where did he come from? It's just there's too many things, oh, this is fake, and this is not real, and the timelines and moving back and forth through time. Therefore, anything becomes possible with the story. There's no guardrails. You get what I'm trying to say? There's no rules within this realm of nonsense. I understand
0: understand what you're trying to say. It's just that when you introduce time, time travel, changing time, time timelines, when you introduce those elements into a story, I'm sorry. It, it, that that kind of stuff has to happen. It becomes
1: convoluted because it's time. You're messing with time, and, and so the whole the whole concept of that just creates a whole bunch of convolutions. All right. So I wish we can go back and I wish we can go back in fucking time and vote fucking wish that we didn't vote Donald <laughs> Trump into fucking office because, as a segue, I think this is a good way to move into this motherfucker. <laughs> yes. If we could go back in time and kind of change things.
0: <laughs> yeah, it, it's. So the first thing we're going to talk about regarding the pandemic has been the government response. Currently, we live in Vietnam, um, but I am from the U.S. and I'm, I believe you're from Canada, correct?
1: Yes, from Toronto, sir. Exactly.
0: We, we consider that a little bit of, of the U.S. It's, it's, you guys are half U.S., half ca- Canadian over there in Toronto. At least uh, Toronto is like people.
1: the new. Toronto is the New York of our country, basically. I mean, like we are we re- I would say we're quite diverse, very metropolitan, um, expensive, like New York. Um, mm-hmm. But we, I, I just don't think our, we just don't have as much history. We're more of a newer city. So you understand what mm-hmm. I'm trying to say? Like uh, in terms of infrastructure is newer, buildings are newer. It just doesn't have that old grit that New York kind of built over time, that film. Yeah. That kind of blankets the city of like your straight, street grime.
0: Yeah, that that street grind, the 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 blur blood from murders, unsolved murders from a few years ago. Yeah, <laughs> just uh, a horror scene. Anyway, we, we're going to go ahead and talk about first our experiences in terms of the government's response in Vietnam in comparison to what our friends and family have been facing back in our home countries. Uh, first off, right. I just want to say. Uh, When I was first here in Vietnam, um, I was here when the virus first broke. So I've been in Vietnam throughout the pandemic and I was a little concerned about being here during a pandemic because I was concerned about the medical infrastructure here. And if the Vietnamese government had the resources to actually handle this virus successfully, I thought, well, this, this would be an easier situation to handle within the wealthier countries, the European nations, Canada, US, uh, Australia, and so so forth. Um.
1: <laughs> I think- well, Why I th- was wrong? <laughs> I wrong? I, I, think, I think Turner also, we, we, the, the thing is, is that we didn't have much time to react. The decisions to make things to go into place and the unsurety of what uh, the information that we had as citizens wasn't aligned. So to make a proper decision as to what the best thing to do was, I think it just depended on each person's situation. It's really difficult yeah. to kind of blanket people and say everyone should have gone home or people should have just stayed where they were. I just think it depends on the on the current everybody's current financial situation that they're particularly in, and uh, work, and where their family is, and how affected they were at that time, right? And so a lot of a lot of mitigating fact- factors here that we couldn't couldn't predict. Exactly. And I I did not, but
0: I I can tell you one thing I didn't predict. I didn't predict Vietnam to handle it so well in comparison. Now, we're talking about early on when this virus first broke out um, in comparison to what was going on in the States. Now, it is important to understand that the people in charge of the Vietnamese government, you know, were taking this virus seriously from the onset. Whereas in the U.S., Uh, We had our our good friend, Donald Trump, who said publicly, um, who made it public, or it was made public, not necessarily by him and directly, or at least not (laughs) in the beginning. (laughs) We we learned about the reports later the Bob Woodward interview and and other interviews he did where he pretty much downplayed the seriousness of the virus. Um, But the inconsistent messaging, uh, the outright lies and myths that were spread, it, there were a lot of people that ended up dying that didn't need to die if the government had taken the virus seriously from the onset.
1: Absolutely. I agree with you 100%. No, I, I don't have any doubt about that. I, I I don't disagree with you. I think that of course uh, when when comparing it, to, I guess to Canada, uh, we have to remember that the population is a 10th of the size so that, that, that definitely plays into it. Um, but if we're looking at it from an American perspective, absolutely agree with you on, on each one of those points. Uh, without a doubt, we could have definitely mitigated or uh, helped thousands of people, hundreds of thousands of people from dying. I mean, of course, we can't blame the whole thing on Donald Trump, but you can blame uh, a good percentage of those deaths because of his government's lack of action. And I think they didn't take it seriously, of course, and they didn't want to take it seriously because they're in a position of privilege. And that's the thing that we need to remember always is that they're looking at it from a different lens than us. If
0: you are someone who's more concerned with poll numbers, with um, how the stock market is doing, you know, and if the stock market is the way you judge the health of the economy, not necessarily you know, the unemployment numbers or the wages that people are actually earning, the spending power that the average American has, then yeah, like you, you're, you're gonna have a very superficial uh, perspective of the pandemic. It's, it's the hard, disheartening understanding just how much of a wage, how much this pandemic has helped the wage gap in the US. The damage that it's done to the country um, may be irreparable.
1: But for yeah, the it, most part- it's definitely,
0: it's, definitely, I agree. All, all of it was preventable. It's, I can't stress that enough. Being in Vietnam and seeing how the Vietnamese government um, has handled this virus. And, and it, remember, I'm not saying the Vietnamese government has been perfect. We're gonna talk about um, some definitely. things- Definitely. I don't think have necessarily uh, been done with, with the best uh, planning in mind, but for the most part, I also look at intentions and I look at what are the goals of the people in charge, what are they trying to do? You have a concerted effort to to mitigate the virus using limited resources you have at your disposal in comparison to the US who has the most resources to handle something of this magnitude. And a lot of people in a lot of positions, and while we're talking about Trump, it is important to understand there's a reason why um, Gavin Newsom, the governor of California is, having, is going through a recall. There's a reason why um, there are, there's a growing uh, voice of concern with Whitmer and Michigan. It's because you, you've had people on both sides of the political parties who have not been consistent in their messaging and who have been hypocritical and which COVID-19 protocols they choose to follow. Um, and that also lends to a lot of misinformation, a lot of- skepticism, um, Uncertainty on what the rules are, yes. And, and all of that. And so <clears throat> I, I look at this and I say, whoo, man, I was wrong. I, I was wrong. I, I, I think I was, I was fortunate that I made the decision to stay here, um, especially during the early part of the pandemic. Um, we'll talk about the, the current situation now. But I want to get your viewpoint on on Canada and how you feel about uh, how Canada has handled the virus early on in comparison to Vietnam.
1: I would probably say that again, Vietnam probably took it a lot more seriously uh, than Canada did. Um, in terms of in Ontario, they were having they were having the same problems that United States was having. Uh, I think generally the attitudes of the people are the same in terms of their skepticism and their and the amount of rumors and the, the amount of disinformation that happens. And there was a lot of criticism thrown towards uh, the premier of our of our province of Ontario, um, Rob For- Rob Ford's brother, yeah Robert Ford, I think his name was. I, I honestly, um, but I, I usually get uh, I have. A lot of the evidence that I rely on is based on what my father says and his, his feeling. My dad's a 73 year old, um, who is immune compromised. So he was forced to stay at home. I mean, for the majority of the pandemic, uh, even now he's gotten both vaccines. He still wears a mask and he still, um, he still adheres to strict, pretty strict protocols for himself. Um, but I mean... He says, in the, for the most part nowadays. Uh, I mean, we're going to talk about that later. But now he says everything is open. Uh, peep, they've opened up everything, and there's really not many restrictions. But uh, f- for the last f- for the last year or so, prior to the vaccines really being deployed over the last two or three months, it's been uh, it's been pretty horrific. People have been uh, not been very happy about it. And but I think for the most part, generally people are more in Canada a little bit more prone to following science and not having things so politicized because everybody in the Canadian government was kind of voicing the same thing, more or less, um, in terms of dissent about from other uh, political like a people in political power, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't tell you with an honest like uh, point of view what, what it was because I wasn't really following it. I was really following it from the American lens because mm-hmm. this is how I'm affected directly. And as long as my family, like my father and my brother and my family are okay, I really wasn't looking at it from the lens of what was happening in Canada, like like very, very closely. So in order, for, if, if I was to tell you anything that would be more than what I just said, would be, wouldn't be untrue. You know what I mean, or are we based right. on just complete speculation. No, <laughs> no, uh, that, that's fine.
0: But um, one of the things that you brought up mm-hmm. that I want to talk about sure. is it's basically the people's reactions to some of these uh, policies that different governments have implemented. Um, I want to go ahead and just and talk about that because that's a big part of how successful a country can handle a pandemic. A government can implement a policy, but if people don't follow it or take it seriously, um, then it's not going to be very effective. One um, policy that's been a huge point of political uh, controversy has been uh, masks and and wearing the mask and the enforcement sure. of wearing masks. Uh, I'm from Texas. Uh, so,
1: <laughs> and if you know anything about Texas, <laughs> you don't. You don't want people to tread like to tell you what to do. Yeah,
0: yeah. Don't don't tell me what to do. Don't tread on me. Um, and, and mass for some reason, despite the, and this has been an issue since the onset of the pandemic. You've had a a constant political battle around wearing masks, whereas in Vietnam, it's just a common thing that you do. Um, at first because it just- Because they've been doing it for years. From- Pollution. Yeah, it, it, yeah, exactly, right? Um, ben, in the US, not so much. I, I, I wanted to know, what about Canada? Like, w- were there a big political
1: battle over wearing masks Okay, in, in so, so one thing, okay, that's a great question. And I, I think, uh- one thing that I think that a lot of people need to, to, to understand about people from Canada um, is that we are a very diverse group of people, but we all hold on to, we're, we're known as more of a mosaic rather than a melting pot, where people bring their culture to the table and connect with others. And we exchange ideas based on that. We don't say that we are all, like, we are all Canadian, but what makes us Canadian is the aspect of being able to respect each other's different cultures. And I think that's a big difference rather than in the United States where the United States is also larger, geographically a lot larger and a lot more spread out. And based on population, it's difficult to, to kind of group people into one thing as much as Canadians, I think, are more easily grouped because of our population. So like for the United States, like for, for Toronto, for example, you got every one in two people are born outside of, the, are born outside of Canada, in Toronto, sorry half of the people that live in Toronto are born outside of Canada. Mm. So to put it in perspective, you have like, I could be sitting on the subway with an Indian, five Chinese people, uh, a Jewish person, and these are, and a Spanish person. And these are people who are recent immigrants or Im- immigrants that who are uh, arrived within the last decade to 15 years. So their idea of, of understanding how, how, like coming from the cultures a lot of since we have a lot of southeast asian people and we have a lot of asian people in general in canada who immigrated there they understand these rules of masks and they understand the 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 seriousness of protecting i guess their their lungs and their their breathing like i mean their ability to to breathe and have a like understand the pollution and understand that this is something they've been doing for a long time so it's kind of for them, it's it, they're accustomed to it. I think, and this is something that they they brought maybe uh, this understanding into our country. So I don't think that there has been a backlash about masks uh, as drastic as the United States. If if you,
0: an interesting think. point um well, you talked about the fact that you know you have a large immigrant immigrant population, and that lends to basically the understanding of you know, yeah, the masks that they sure. serve a purpose. I, I I've talked to people here, some of my friends uh, who are here who are Vietnamese, and you know I asked them about masks, and I, most of them don't necessarily like masks. They don't find them comfortable, but they understand the purpose of of wearing them. Originally, you know, it it was about um, air pollution, um, but also now you understand that there's a virus that is potentially airborne um you can breathe it in through your nose so the mask helps in prevention of that there's data that backs that up we've been presented this data over and over again you know i when people used to ask me here about why there was such this pushback against wearing masks in the u.s for a while i didn't really understand it um i understand like i at first didn't necessarily like wearing a mask. But when I looked at, when I watched a documentary from, not a documentary, but a video from from Vox that explained why masks would prevent the spread of the virus. And I remember sending that out to people. It's like, hey, listen, I don't like wearing masks either, but here's why you should wear one. But even after that, I I still heard people saying, like, hey, listen, the government can't tell me what to do. You know, it's just tyranny. And I'm, (laughs)
1: <laughs> I, I mean I, I always i repeatedly hear alex the, the people when they say that 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 absolute garbage um then so what like people say then your argument is always well what about seatbelts? like if you don't want to wear a seat okay you don't want to wear one man but then I, i'm not going to feel sorry for these people who choose to deliberately like put themselves at risk but the problem is is that you're putting other people at risk as well because of the fact that you can spread your virus when you're talking and the fact that you can being around other people you speaking you're spewing out spit like no matter how you could try to avoid it there is going to be something that's going to come out or the chance of something coming out is a lot higher and getting others sick so like i mean this that doesn't really make sense to me it's kind of like drinking and driving it's a but this is it's it's on that same level you know what i mean to me that's that's comparable to wearing a seat belt
0: speed limit, you know, not drinking and driving, like all of these rules and regulations we have in place to protect people because, and, and not to, I'm not making a reference to the mean, but we live in a society. And in order for the society to function as it should, people need to live in a way that respects other people and, and keeps Correct. other people safe. That, it's that's great. absolutely right
1: it's just basic <laughs> common human decency and the fact that these people because it's a it's a thing is is about privilege if you want to go back to the united states about the thing is and i think it resonates i don't know again you can talk about it from an african american point of view which i'd like to hear but i'm i guess what i what with the the kind of the people that we want to harp on the most is about like uh, the, the right wing or the Republicans, but it's also like known that like I mean, if when we're going to talk about later, I think is about the vaccines. Apparently, the the lowest turnouts from the people that are interested in getting the vaccines are Hispanics and Blacks in the United States more than it is the right wing. So like, I, I'm not I'm not I'm not saying anything one way or another. It's just I'm curious about like do you, do you think that the people like that you know back at home back in Texas and stuff what do they even like your African-American friends and are they different responses based on uh, them or, or like uh, versus the, the white, your other like Caucasian friends? One of the
0: issues I, I see within the black community and the Hispanic community is a history of distrust with the US government based on situations that have happened in the past. I, I don't know if you're familiar with the Tuskegee experiment um yes but that whenever it comes to any type of vaccine or, or or health program in which uh doctors are going to inject people with something i mean it, that that situation comes up a lot but you know you also had cases where you know for example in, in puerto rico people who found it went on to start planned parenthood um okay they were sterilizing women on the island of puerto rico um, <laughs> These are things that were done in history. So there is a historic mistrust of the U.S. government. We'll talk more about, about this when we talk about vaccines later. Um, but that, yeah, you're, you're 100% right, that is an issue. That is a story that keeps going around. And you know, as we also know in the U.S., when it comes to the community that has been hit hardest by COVID-19, it is the African-American population. Right. And right. so it, it does. This does bother me a lot. Um, but we're going. We're going to touch more on the vaccines because I have a lot to say about that.
1: The next thing I wanted to talk about. Well, what about the mask? But well, what about the mask thing? Like, how about people back at home? So did you like talk when you talk? Like, I just wanted to ask you about that. So like people, what did they say? Oh, that was my original question. It wasn't even just about the vaccine, but about the mask thing too. Like the don't tread on me. If these are like you're in within your black, the black community of the, the people that you live in. Did they protest as well about the masks or were they just, okay, they followed the rules? Well, no, there there was a lot of like, so there wasn't, there is a belief
0: that it is only a Right-wing talking point um, to be against masks when it's not. There are a lot of people who are against masks for numerous different reasons. You have a lot. You have some black conservatives that are against it because you know they're black conservatives. But you have black yeah. people who are against it because hey, you know why do I have to wear a mask? You also have black people who are against it. Black people and Hispanic people who are against wearing masks because black people were concerned that
1: wearing masks. Would lead to them being more profound by the police absolutely absolutely i thought about this too that crossed my mind it always that's something that always crossed my mind like i i didn't want to i didn't i didn't it didn't come to mind at this point in time but when you brought it up i'm like yeah for sure i thought about this it just uh i wanted to ask that perspective also like i'm I mean, holy shit, like you you're getting you're getting shot just standing by a car, you're getting shot for opening the door, you're getting shot for saying I didn't do anything. For anything that black people do in in most of the parts of the United States, get get uh get reactions from the police like they committed the worst crime in the entire world. It's already like they committed a murder before they even did it said open their mouths. Yeah. So I get it. I mean, yeah, black people uh, would be very concerned about something like that and like, you know what I mean? And for sure they would people would be worried they could get shot because they could be accused of a crime or they could look suspicious exactly and and it's
0: crazy that, that's a key point that a lot of people seem to forget is 2020 was happening the george floyd protests were happening elijah yeah. mcclain happened and a lot of people don't talk about that scenario a mass black black man who was uh killed um by police in a struggle in which they injected him with ketamine and caused him to have a heart attack these yes. situations are real. And so there, there is a varied amount of, of concern and response um, to some of these issues. Uh, the next, uh, I would say big um, a policy that, that had a lot of contention was social distancing. And, and I, I would say the implementation of it, um, there were a lot of people that had issues with social distancing, especially people who were like, well, I'm walking with my friend in the park you know, social distancing, what? what am I doing? How do you social distance in an office where you sit right next to somebody? Especially if that person doesn't want to wear a mask.
1: Even now, like the, 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 the hypocritical nature of the, of the current policies in Vietnam, where they're still right now, as we speak, office workers are still going to the office and getting bubble tea delivered to their, delivered to their workplaces because that's a necessity. It kind of, it kind of uh, makes me upset like as a dog owner thinking that I can't walk my dog, which is, which is more a necessity, you know what I mean? And if I'm doing that by myself, how does that make me more dangerous or more uh, uh, susceptible to spreading the, desi- the, the, the virus when you have a, a whole office building of, uh, of, of people wearing masks that are side by side by each other? It doesn't make any sense. It's all, it's all contradictions and uh, hypocrisies. But it, it's like I, I understand the, the, the government can't prevent – everyone from doing everything and like but you got to have some consistency in your policies and i think those are the biggest problems with these these kinds of with governments in general it's just is being able to outline and effectively execute a plan that makes sense and is maybe thought of think of most different potential problems and try to resolve them in that policy yeah there's Definitely, I, I would say in most countries around the world,
0: um, you've had cases where the implementation of some of these COVID nineteen policies have been they've been inconsistent, and a lot of people, you know, have been upset with them. Um, there's been people here in Vietnam that complained about some of these things. Um, you know, the fact that you can have people do certain actions, but you can't have other people do certain actions, like. You know, I can't walk around my apartment, but I can stand in a crowded grocery, crowded, overpacked grocery store <laughs> for hours on or, end.
1: Or, or, or wait in line in a COVID test for your in your building where they the COVID people can't come to your room and do the test, so that everybody has to be clumped together again. Yeah. Like they're causing these, these, uh, these, these issues for no reason or avoidable things. Like they called me to do a COVID test here and i arrived there they said to come there at a certain time i arrived there earlier than that time then they told me the doctors weren't coming for another 2 hours all these people are bunched up together waiting and i'm like this is absolutely useless i'm going home and there's no point of me being here i am just i'm going potential of me getting sick is higher being here than it is being at home mm. and i know i'm not, i mean you know what i mean this is there I, and i get it like there are a lot of, there are a lot of different things that are preventing them from from being able to successfully do things efficiently based on financial restrict financial problems and things like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's it's not, it hasn't been easy. And I know that in a lot of places, it's not easy.
0: Now, it, it, it's not easy. And I do sympathize with uh, governments around the world. It still doesn't take away the fact that you have policies that you can't really defend logically. Um, there was a story here where there was a guy who was Going currently, Vietnam is in a. I guess we can go ahead and call it a lockdown now. So, I, I need to clear, it, add some context yeah, to this story. So, currently, right now, full lockdown. Um, Vietnam is in a lockdown. We're going to talk about people's responses to this as well. Um, but there was a story about a young man who was going uh, to go get bread to make sandwiches with. Um, and the police stopped him and said, Well, you know, why are you going to go get bread? Currently, right now, the, the lockdown. Um, the regulations of the lockdown are as follows. You can leave and go to the store within your district um, if you have a reason to be leaving, right? So uh, apparently this dude was going to the store to get bread, but I guess going to the store to get bread is not a good enough reason to leave. So they find
1: him, which to me, I, I I mean you can't justify something like that. It's so hard to yeah, it's really hard to 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 monitor what people are doing and based on whether or not they're telling the truth from their voice. Mm-hmm. And like so you got to you got to kind of take people at their word especially if 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 someone's just walking to say that he's going to get some food or something. And because I mean let's look here like if you look outside the streets are are pretty bare. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think where they should be trying to uh, to monitor people is more in the places where they know they're gonna be crowds. Like a grocery store, you should have a, a person there making sure that everybody's spread out. Go to the places where you know people are gonna be clumped together and try to find a way to spread them out rather than randomly going after people who are, let's say, walking to go somewhere but don't have anything in their hands. Exactly. Because, uh, you know what I mean? How are you gonna, if a single person is by themselves walking somewhere, then obviously they pose no threat of spreading the disease, nor do they pose a threat of getting the disease because, and and you have to assume that they're going to get something that is important to them. And for you to be able to like randomly just choose, but this is just the way the Vietnamese government is. And I think that these, these kinds of issues are becoming more public as people are becoming more restless because we all know that like, I mean, let's just be straight up here. We know that, we see what happens with the police when they stop people for traffic here right they don't they don't they, they know they are going to most likely choose a Vietnamese person who's vulnerable and easy to pay up to give them their coffee money or to grease the wheels We, we know that so i don 't know uh, like I think that it's kind of this is kind of the same the, the story that you 're giving it kind of falls in the same category, but happens to be publicized
0: yeah uh, there was there was another story of um a, a couple who were going out to get medicine for their their pet cat because their pet cat was sick, and in the process of arguing with with people about the necessity to to go to to leave their home to get medicine for their cat, that their pet ended up dying. Now, you
1: know, I I get it. Uh, okay, I'm sorry, I did not read this article. I I, I can't believe the irony of that story. That's yeah. I mean, as a pet owner, that really dis- that's really dist- disturbing a bit, but this like the very uh, like unbelievable timing really yeah i it's just oh wow it's like guys (laughs) like i don't i don't think that's a big enough issue but i i
0: I understand um the the concept of saying listen like you like right now we have we're going through a really serious pandemic people are dying you know i'm not as interested in the welfare of your pet right now but her going to go get medicine doesn't uh, affect if she anyone. if she is if she is following um, the COVID nineteen protocols, wearing a mask, keeping distance from people, she's not going to trigger another uh, uh, super spreader event. So,
1: right, I, I do think that that was yeah. a situation where and, and, and honestly, we are, are we've just, been lucky you know, for the last year, man. We've been really lucky, like the last year without before all these issues really like took hold. We've been kind of taking it for granted, um, and I, I, I just uh, there has to be. But you're right; there has to be a, a more logical way to conduct business and allow people to move freely between places responsibly. But look at how dense the population is here, and how where we're basically stacked on top of each other in this kind of concrete jungle. Yeah, I and mean, yeah. we're very densely populated
0: i'm i'm often surprised because here's the thing when you look at the numbers um currently right now um yeah you have over you have over six hundred ten thousand people dead in the u.s from this virus so far um in vietnam now that number sits at around uh, less than under five
1: yeah under 500 for sure let's just yeah. be like put that way just so that we cover our bases i'm not sure what the exact number is at this point but yeah it's roughly around less than five
0: but i'm not sure how now again i'm not sure if that's the actual number i know for a fact that the deaths are undercounted in the states it's very much possible that they are undercounted here considering the massive amount of response to this virus i would assume the numbers the death toll, would have to be higher than 500 but on, on the flip side of that I do know that with the resources the government has, they are doing the best that they, uh, they're doing the best that they can do at this moment. This is, this Delta virus is not what we were going, it's not what we had last year. This is not the same rodeo that we're going through. This is a much more deadlier virus um, than what we were contending with last year. And so I understand, I, I definitely understand the lockdowns um have been a <laughs> another very very political controversial flashpoint um in the states um how have people responded to the lockdowns well first of all ha- i'm assuming canada has had a few lockdowns um it's more yeah yeah the, 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 all right the there. malls have
1: been, malls have been closed it's cold People don't go out during generally in the winter anyways. So people are are adhering to to the lockdowns. I'd say a lot better than in the U.S. Again, we, uh, we, we don't have the, I, I feel like we're just not as fragmented as you guys are. Like, I mean, you have some people in New York who take it like maybe more, more in the East Coast that take it more seriously than people in the South. And even, even look at the numbers, the number of amount of unvaccinated versus the amount of vaccinated it's it's drastically different in the Southern States versus the, 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 the more affluent, maybe northeastern States and the West Coast. Um, so I, I, I do, but I, again, and in, in the Canada, I would say that yeah we have we, we had lockdowns my 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 dad for sure has people had to line up waiting outside at grocery stores waiting their turn to get in the same as we have uh queues here people lined up waiting outside only two people can go into uh certain grocery stores or certain spaces at the same time so yeah i mean yeah lockdowns have been have been implemented everywhere at least in toronto i'm sure so how
0: have people responded to the lockdowns because you know, there are people here who are Tired, how I mean. are
1: you responding? <laughs> how are you responding to the lockdowns? I mean, like, I, I didn't I didn't I mean I i couldn't imagine of how long it's been with <clears throat> excuse me, how long it had been for them. The lockdown and how long they had to go through it were was much longer. And they went through a winter of snow and hell. So like the unit the way the US and them went through it compared to what we have to go through, at least our weather is pretty good. Like we're or we're here as every day is every day's like between eighty to a hundred degrees, it ha- and and unfortunately also this. Hey, doggy, that's my dog. One second. He's he's not liking the lockdown.
0: No, <laughs> she is so I can't
1: even I can't even describe to you like when I look at her face, she's just so depressed, just just her face is down and always looking like, are we gonna go out? And I'm just like I, I don't know what to say, and I I talk to her like she's a human. I'm just like oh, we can't go out. I'm sorry. <laughs> hey, COVID-19. Well, at least she's, nope. underst- she's understanding. <laughs> she no, must- but I've been must- intelligent with it. I've been intelligent with it. Like, because I, I'm by myself, right? So I can, I just take her on the bike and I put her on the bike. So she's small. She's only like four or five kilos. So I usually just put her on the bike. And then when I, when I go to the grocery stores, she can stay on the bike or I just leave her and I go in to get what I need and I come back. And then she's actually out still. And I do on the way home and on the way back to certain places, I'll stop for like three or four minutes, leave my helmet on and like endure the heat with the mask and hold the, the, and I'll walk her for like five, 10 minutes Mm. just to get like, to get her to get pissed and, you know, to do her thing, her business. But yeah. And then I got to put her back on the bike, but I'm my head's on a swivel. Like, I'm not kidding you. I'm looking out. And if I don't want to get approached by anybody, but I always make it so that like I attach it with another mission. Mm. So it's not like I'm going out without doing something, just walking her. I'm going out and I'm going to buy something that I need. You know what I mean? And every day there's something else I need to refill—take paper towels, tissues, soap. Uh, get meat, whatever groceries I need. Yeah. But today, actually, I'll tell you. Since the we have had a new restriction, you should probably tell your audience about. Yes, uh, they, uh, Now we cannot go out past six p.m. Um, mm-hmm. So, new curfew has been imposed. As of from six p.m. to six a.m., uh, you are supposed to stay home. Um, so. I wanted to, so today I, I had to go, right, to go get a couple things. So I was going, I live, I live outside of the Central District. Uh, so for those who don't know Saigon, uh, I live in a district that's just outside the main central area of where the city center is, District 1. So I live in Bintan District. And so I'm just, uh, I'm driving along wh- near where the zoo is. And usually there's a barricade there. And the barricade for the last two weeks since the restriction was there, but they didn't really stop people. They just let people kind of flow through. Today, I drove out there and there were like four or five cops stopping everybody and asking them for papers, like for your papers to show that you have some proof of leaving or going to where you're going. Mm. And so I, I ran into a guy and, and the guy actually spoke English. And so the Vietnamese officer said to me, he's like, where are you going? And I said, oh, I got to go buy some groceries. I can't. There's no groceries of the things that I need here. And my dog is sitting in front of my motorbike. And he's like, are you sure? I'm like, yeah, I'm sure I'm going to go get the stuff. And, and, and I, I actually didn't really need those things, but there was a couple things I didn't need. So I made a mission of it. I just went and out and he, he actually let me through because he spoke English, but he's like, he's, you know, you have to stay home and don't go out again. He's like, how many days you should not be going out more. He's, this was the first time that I've actually been approached and like kind of pressed more than, more than any other time was today. So this is like, they're just trying to set up these visual deterrence as well. It's not just like, are they going to question you or not, but there's also the visual deterrence of the. Barricades that are everywhere along the city.
0: Well, I mean, they're, they're, they're also trying to let people know like this is serious. They have set up, I, I live in District 7, and they have set up um, makeshift hospitals um, because the hospitals have been overrun with COVID patients. And, you know, there are some parts of the city I'm just not going to be able to go to and <laughs> just have to accept that because uh, we're going through a pandemic. This is
1: not a, a normal situation. Um, right but we're going through a pandemic in a developing nation we're not we're not a developed nation this isn't like where we gotta people here have to realize that dude despite okay there are all the upsides cheap uh, cheap booze and going out and having fun and like being able to kind of do what we want as expats but now you're in the trenches so like you gotta you gotta you gotta understand this is the downside of being in a country where shit is kind of like whatever it's loose do what you want, but yo, you gotta listen to what they say too. And we gotta follow the rules of this country. This is not our country.
0: And, and, but even beyond that, these, the lockdown that we're going through isn't unique. It's not as if Vietnam is putting in some foreign um, stipulations and regulations that we're not familiar with. These are the same types of lockdowns that people in the States have to go through uh, depending on what region you lived in. Um, And people in Canada and other places, South Korea, Australia, they're protesting now because um, COVID restrictions are coming back. Did you see the, the clips
1: deficit. on that? I just saw that yeah. on the news, man. People were snapping. They arrested like ninety people, and they were just absolutely losing their mind.
0: Exactly, three thousand people. I, I, I think it was out protesting, throwing things at police
1: officers. Wow! Wow! <laughs> insane. Wow, dude. I, I don't like. I mean, I've been going through this. We've been. I, I've been literally in a like this kind of like semi lockdown since the beginning of May. To be fair, like since the that we had a holiday recently uh, mm-hmm. for those who again don't live in Vietnam, but we had a the king's hall Ho- or what was it the Independence Day holiday at the end of April. Yeah. There was a long weekend there, and then people went out. I stayed home, and then two weeks later, everybody's like, we're gonna lock down. So it's basically like been from the middle of May, no work with my with my schools, and everything just started to just drastically just wind down. So I've been kind of been in this like holding pattern like this since then and so i've been living through this for the last like two and a half months and it's just been the tightening the screws the vice grips have been tightening and tightening and tightening and now we're almost at that point where you if you go out you might get in trouble like just for going out at all yeah and that's what it feels like but it that, that hasn't happened yet but it's getting to that point you know what i mean it does feel like it's been I, I
0: remember i was having this conversation with someone else and i was like they're gonna have you, you see the numbers rising they're they're this this virus is getting out of control. They're gonna have more restrictions. We need to get ready for it. It's like, oh, you know, no, no, they won't. Like things would be all right. And then more restrictions came. Of course, <laughs> they're gonna come. I mean, this is the only me- this is the only method they have to actually get the virus under control. You don't have an abundance of vaccines here yet. Um, <laughs> yet trip 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 and that's what we're going go, to that, we might as well go ahead and talk about that because that has been a, a
1: a big point of contention um sure vaccines the vaccine rollout. oh man um, okay Saw a lot of skepticism i mean on both sides it's it's difficult even to to um to find out which one is the better one? And then is it even safe to take? What are the side effects? These are the things that are going through so many people's minds that when I talk to them about their current situations. Yeah, it, it's it's
0: not, I do think there has been a, well, at least with Americans, there has been a, a, a dominating belief that um, people on the left are pro-vaccine and people on the right or anti-vaccine, and it's really not that simple. You do have people who have fallen from misinformation, campaigns from um, right-wing media, and you but you also have yeah <laughs> propaganda, but you also have people on, on the left who are very skeptical about these vaccines. I have been, I'm not necessarily a, a lefty per se, um, I'm damn no, sure now on the right. <laughs> uh, I get you, I know. I, I understand. <laughs> But, you know, I'm skeptical. Like, they made these vaccines really quickly. They were able to produce these, like, really quickly. Um, But the other thing, and I think this ties into what we were talking about earlier with, you know, why are people skeptical? People have to recognize in the U.S., you know, these vaccines are coming from pharmaceutical companies who also have made a lot of money during this
1: pandemic opioid crisis the same company maybe i don't know if they're the same companies that overlap each other there's a lot of like distrust between human between the city the regular citizens and pharmaceutical companies in general because of the opioid crisis doesn't doesn't mean that they have to have be making the same drugs but the fact is is that they just think of it as one big firm right and people blanket these kind of places these, these companies into one well, Johnson & Johnson
0: is one, it is a vaccine manufacturer, and they are also one of the companies that has agreed to a $26 billion settlement um, for the opioids crisis, right, and including a, um, a separate settlement in, in New York um, for the crisis there. So, you know,
1: me seeing that, you know, I, I'm... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, okay. of course. Then you like, but I, I get it. But at the same time, it's like we even other other vaccines that are made from AstraZeneca in other countries, like the AstraZeneca is a London-based vaccine, if I'm not mistaken, or sorry, a UK-based vaccine. I believe so. Again, the efficacy is not as high as the the one in Pfizer and Moderna, but um, there they at the same time it's proven. I mean, there have been numbers that have been coming out recently in the United States about who's getting hospitalized and who are dying. It's like 97% of the people who are in the hospital are not vaccinated yeah. and are getting hospitalized and almost dying. It is, it's
0: true that these vaccines uh, have been effective in at least um the 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 various variants of this virus, um, including Delta virus to a certain extent. At the same time, people's concern is not, necessarily how effective it's going to be now a lot of people are concerned about what type of damage is going to happen to my body over time um, right. you know, a lot of people not being honest about that concern that people have um, we have experienced this before <laughs> correct <laughs> we have correct. taken medication I, I understand. and then over time we found out that that medication had a lot of side effects um, that were ignored um, by certain health officials and health professionals. So uh, this the concern is valid, but I do think people also need to recognize that currently right now um, COVID-19 is the immediate threat and, and that's something that does need to be uh, subsided in some way and the vaccine's helping that. I and, want would,
1: and would people would people administer a sorry to interrupt no, no, go comments, ahead but would people administer a virus or a vaccine that was that would have that high potential of destroying people millions of pop of people in the population don't forget the government still needs humans to work it still they still need us to do stuff and yeah, despite new. us how useless most most people are to the rich like they still need us to kind of work in those factories and do things and operate the the, the uh, keep the wheels moving in the, in the cog you know the cogs in the machine exactly man. So, those iphones aren't going to make themselves not right yet. <laughs> so they don't want to kill all of us they don't want to kill all of us they need us alive so until then we're still okay i mean that's what i'm saying and apparently what i, I mean i don't know if i read this correctly and i probably shouldn't speculate much but I, I i was recently reading that i saw a couple of headlines again i didn't i didn't click on the articles but they were discussing how possibly the vaccines could lead to cancer cancer uh, cure, uh cures i don't know if you saw that or not um yeah but I, I don't want to go into much into it because i don't have enough knowledge and i don't want to be talking shit here
0: <laughs> but, uh, i read an article um a few months ago that I talked about how the process and how they created this, uh, okay. these vaccines uh, the R, rma oh, i forgot the exact term um can RMA also be possibly replicated in, in trying to find a cure t- towards cancer which I think that's amazing. I, I, I'm, I'm always welcoming new technology. I just also uh, would like greater oversight, government oversight into Correct. what these companies are doing and, and and some of the research that they, the methods and how they're conducting their research. Um, but just, you know, the touch on the vaccine uh, and the irony of the situation in the U S you have a plethora of vaccines, um, in which a lot of people can, can get these vaccinations for free. Whereas in the developed world, for example, Vietnam, you do not have a plethora of vaccines. And, you know, I, I saw the WHO put out a report that, um, it, over like 90% of the vaccines are in 10% of the nations
1: and <laughs> I was they're, right hoard, they're hoarding them they're hoarding them it's yeah. unfair it's unfair I, I i think that's complete bullshit i think that the, the united states should be forced to give up the ones that they don't like the excess amount Then they should be again they, who says they're, they're the ones to follow the rules they never follow the fucking rules they just make the rules and then they, they make the rules for everyone else and they're on another level that's the most annoying part it's not just about the united states but it's all about all of these rich countries who to have an, a plethora or an abundance of vaccines of, for people that don't even want them. I get it, you should have some in reserve, but to have what they have is in excess again. This just shows you the amount of consumption and the amount of like disregard, like people, that's why people have disdain towards the United States because yeah. of these kinds of like, these kinds of uh, the way that they, they promote this kind of like, we don't care kind of attitude. But yeah, I know they've donated a lot, but you haven't donated fucking enough. Yeah, yeah, understand the amount. It's just not. It's not fair.
0: I think it's two million um, towards uh Vietnam (coughs) a few weeks ago, another two million doses of the Pfizer vaccine. Um, uh, AstraZeneca. Um they they received two million AstraZeneca, they received two million of Pfizer. Um uh, there was a report that Vietnam was in talks with Russia to receive 40 million doses of their
1: vaccine. I I think they're manufacturing it here now they're manufacturing the Sputnik vaccine here. I, that's what I that's what I had seen. I'm not sure but I'm not t- I'm not touching that Russian one and I'm yeah. not touching the Chinese. <laughs> yeah. Those are the two that are off the books, but they just not even talk to me. If they offer me that I'm just going to walk away. Uh, yeah. I'll just, seriously just get up and walk away. I'm like, no. I'm either taking the lowest I'm taking is the AZ and either that I mean Pfizer and Moderna I prefer based yeah. on from what I've read. But if you offer me the AZ one I'm going to take it cuz I can allow me to travel in a few in a few months. Ash but, man, illegal. I don't know, man bare minimum but yeah I, I'm, I'm with you <laughs> i'm not it's not even a
0: conversation i'm not taking yeah. any vaccine that came from russia or china i'm sorry yeah i got love oh, for, for my russian friends got real for my Chini- love for my chinese friends but i am not taking <laughs> those vaccines
1: but yeah it's just it's the same way but how things are built and how things are supposed to be done and i just don't there's just not enough information about it. And the efficacy rate is just not as high. It seems yeah. again, I, I'm not, I'm not really too de- deep into the science and I don't want to sit here and have a talk about a specific debate, but I, I'm going to go with what feels right. And what I think from based on the knowledge that I've accrued in the last few uh, months and almost a year and a half now, I think I can make an educated decision enough on my own health. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I just hope like I, I, even so, this is we're going to be in this for a while this yeah. is not going to even with the vaccines even if i get a vaccine i still can't go out and do the things i want to do neither can exactly. you we have to wait until we at least get 70 percent of the population inoculated and we have to make sure that these vaccines
0: are going to be the vaccines that vietnam are going to have at least they're going to be successful and curtailing the, the delta variant or you know any other variant that may appear because apparently the delta variant is not there's, the only one, one out there yeah. There's
1: another one yeah, that came from Peru or came from South America right now. It's the llama the or something like that. starts so with an L. Yeah. But yeah, there's a yeah. secondary virus that's already coming out, but that's not dominant in the other countries yet. So I guess it's not, not as yet. Big. I, hope it, <laughs> I
0: hope it stays that way. Um, but I also hope that uh, this is the last variation
1: of these viruses that we're going to see. It really does feel like that show, Loki. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's not gonna end. I think I think that I think that you're I mean this this your wishful thinking. I, I don't wanna be I think I'm a more of a realist than than and I'm not saying that you're being unrealistic. I just mean that I think I don't think the variance or any of that is gonna go away. As long as we have so many people that are against getting the 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 vaccine that are that against it and that are steadfast in their opinion regarding that, it's not gonna go away. Um but I mean hopefully We could just hope that we can prevent or be better prepared for the next thing that comes out because this won't be the last one. We all know that. No, it won't.
0: And I I think to me, what this pandemic has showed us is that there needs to be some fundamental changes in how we operate um, our economy, the global economy, but how different countries operate their economy across the world, like we cannot continue this pillaging of the planet um, without care to the damage that that's going to do to the planet and the damage it's going to do to people. During this pandemic, we've also seen some
1: really odd climate responses unbelievable in the news what you see now in every part of the world there's a flood i have never seen this before in my entire life like i've been watching the news for over a decade like i'm a news guy i like to watch all sources of news from bbc to al jazeera to uh, rt to tyt to all of it like I, I watch a lot of news and i don't remember a time like in my recent memory within the last t- 10 years of anything as devastating as what's going on right now. Mm -hmm. And that's another thing. Again, we can talk about the people, climate deniers and all these people who just don't believe in science or just refuting science. But dude, like, yeah, flood in Germany, flood in China, typhoon coming in Japan, uh, landslides, uh, melting polar ice caps, tornadoes. It's just going absolutely ballistic. I would suggest we stop calling these people anti science and, and call them what
0: they are anti logic. Because the anti vaxxers and, and people who are uh, climate change deniers, there's a common thread there. There's a common thread of ignorance, but there's also a common thread of, um, you know, I have this belief and I have this interest, and I'm not willing to entertain anything that doesn't coincide with this belief and this interest that I have and to me it's incredibly selfish and
1: short-sighted unbelievable unbelievably selfish it's it's and in, and in, uh, to think of like the impact that these people are having on these like i mean these large scale multinational corporations that are that are just basically are running rampant with uh, with impunity around the world destroying every resource we have for overconsumption that is not necessary like i mean seriously the amount of i was reading an article yesterday actually about in the guardian about how food waste has become are you fucking kidding me you could have seen that decades ago look at the everywhere you go to eat everything is being tossed yeah. all this stuff that oh like, look at it, everything is in the abundance everywhere you look everything is in abundance because they want to show that they have so much but then they just toss everything after a week because it goes bad Even it's unbelievable a- amazon these companies
0: have they, they their wealth has skyrocketed during this pandemic people have been ordering off of amazon lazada like crazy and then um they they put out a report about yes. amazon's warehouse yes. destroying it, one one warehouse in the uk was destroying in the uk I saw
1: 20,000 yes. products yes. a week yes a Just week. Destroy them. Why, why not give them to people? Why not just give them away? What, what harm is that going to hurt you and your bottom line if you do something good for other people? Yeah. Like, get the fuck out of here with this junk, man. This is just absolutely insane. And I'm sick and tired of these excuses and, like, these people who just make up this bullshit trying to protect these, the people who are in power and just maintaining this, this system that is so unfair, like it's just it's just tiring. It's just tiring, and you feel like you're trying to fight a tidal wave. Like one person trying to fight a tidal wave, you can't, man. It's too you strong. You got to yeah. unite as a group. You have to mobilize as human beings, and you just got to push back, right? There has been this. <laughs> there's
0: been this saying during this pandemic, that this pandemic it doesn't matter if you're um, young, old, or rich or poor. This ten- pandemic affects us all. It's the great equalizer. And it only took a month to find out that, that was not true. This has not been a, the great equalizer. You have seen a cool, a huge, widening disparity. gap. Yeah, of, of, huge of, of the wealth gap. Um and in terms of you know what the rich have and, and and who's classified it as poor. You know, you have seen the poverty numbers rise. Um, But more so, I mean, it's, we we talked about the access to vaccines, we talked about like how there's this, this thread of ignorance um, that anti-vaxxers have, Um, but what we haven't talked about is the fact that even in, even though those who live in developing countries, the access to those vaccines are tied to your status. And, and how much money you have, right? So, Absolutely. And and sure. you know, we've seen that here. These vaccines um, that are here in Vietnam are not going necessarily to the general population. It's going to those who, you know, are essential. But that's not clearly defined as into who that is. And in some cases, um, you have people who are not even Vietnamese getting access to these vaccines before the general population does. And I, you know, to me, I don't think that's fair. Um, I Absolutely understand the, the logic behind it. But you have seen a, a great, as you said, disparity um, across the board with this pandemic. And to me, there needs to be a sign of change. People need to wake up and realize like, listen, we cannot continue running our societies in this way. Like eventually something's gotta give. Um, and I think for a lot of people, um, I, I think a lot of people have waken up. I think there are a lot of people have came to the realization that not only was uh, this pandemic not handled well in, uh, in certain countries, it's also highlighted a lot of uh, disparities that we have in our life and it's made those disparities worse and if we want to actually have better societies that you know have greater amount of equality and, and welfare for, for you know all citizens then we're going to have to make some
1: structural changes because these disparities don't make sense it doesn't make sense for, for Jeff Bezos to be as rich as he is. I get it but it's only if the wealthy it seems like it, it seems and I don't mean to sound like there's no hope in sight but until until rich people can stop making decisions and telling other politi- what politicians do what they should do it's not going to change because people are just trying to make ends meet trying to live day to day trying to like sup- give, like put food on the table for their kids and it's hard for them to focus on mobilizing and having time to do to try to change things politically or systemically because they just they take the legs right from under you. You know what I mean? They, they, it's hard. It's divide and conquer tactics. This is how they operate because you can't mobilize people who are just trying to get food on the table because it's a decision between making a meeting to go to your, to, to to your meeting for social change or being home to cook for your kids or going to work, traveling an hour to get to work and back and making sure that you have worked the hours that you can, not allowing people to vote in the United States, crippling them, they can't get water in the lines in Atlanta. All these kinds of things are the things that they do systemically to divide and conquer us. And it can, you can apply the same rules in any country or any nation, I think, um, about this kind of, these kinds of like games that, 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 that governments play to, to maintain power. One, you know what I mean it, it, it's
0: important to understand that you do like because when we talk about this it does come off as just like this this central council of boogeymen that are trying to control
1: <laughs> no ah, like no 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 it's about when you make it to the other side of that fence Wait. like you don't care about the people who are people tend to forget about where they like the things that other people had to go through to to me that's
0: the key to me that's the key the empathy part people caring about people because it to me it doesn't matter i i see poor people do the same like have the same heartlessness and i have you know you can see poor poor white people who who also are victims of police brutality point and laugh at images of george floyd uh, in a way to kind of like put put down people who, who suffer those types of abuses without realizing like you're in a position to suffer the same types of abuses and people that look like you suffer those same types of abuses. Right. But because you have fallen victim to this, this this supremacy uh mantra, then you know you don't see that you are in the same boat. You have the same conditioning. Um, and 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 you're you're right. When people make it into a when it, when they get to a certain status in their life they, they start looking at themselves and trying to protect their own interests rather than remembering the people that helped them get to that point in status in their life and remembering there were a lot of people who were e- even better and smarter than they were who didn't get the same outcome simply because of circumstances and so we gotta like right. collectively remember That, listen, man, if we're going to live in a society, I hate to reference that (laughs) that
1: meme again. No, we We do live in a society. Yeah,
0: if if we're actually going to to live in a society, you cannot have poverty levels at the rate that they are in the U.S. You cannot have this unequal access to vaccines doing a virus in which you're, you're facing a the probably the deadliest version, the de- deadliest variant of this virus we've faced yet, and we don't know if it's if it, if there's a worse version to come in the
1: next few. I, I got an even I got an even better answer. I got an even better question for you. Why hasn't the United States even considered having uh, Medicare for all? That's another big problem. You, you got to remember, in Canada, you were asking me also about these kinds of things. This is one thing we don't have. We have have healthcare for every person in our country for free. I don't need to walk in and I don't need to pay for a COVID treatment. I don't need to worry about some bills coming to me later about some bullshit. This doesn't happen in Canada. We pay our taxes and actually in fact the taxes are probably marginally higher than what some places pay in the United States. Some places pay in the United States. I don't know about every state, but yeah, I mean, we, it's a collective, it's more of a collective Uh, responsibility it's it's the nation understands that uh, the health care of everyone is important and that the health care of the worst the person who's in the worst shape is the most important the people you need to take care of are the people who are the most exposed to these problems because they're just going to make it's it's just going to weaken your whole system from from the bottom up right yeah so a lot of social democratic places have accepted this and have understood that these this is the way to go Norway Sweden all of the places that are the top ranked places to live in the world and have the happiest populations have free healthcare, and the united states doesn't and this is a big problem we, we also need to be honest about
0: why places like sweden um, and norway are a- able to have the type of healthcare systems that they have and why the u.s has such a resistance to it it's part to understand but like, the size of those nations um but also you need to take in fact the the ethnic makeup, um, and also the historic um, resistance towards pa- having any type of program um, that helps uh, minorities, especially Blacks, um, whether it was the Homestead Act or the GI Bill, um, those acts that were, that were created in order to empower the, the middle class, Black Americans were not included in um, no. those acts, right? But you still have black farmers that are fighting for their subsidy payments that they never received. I know I'm being optimistic here. Hopefully, the, the pandemic has opened people's eyes and, and made us realize all around the world that changes need to be done. But however, I I I doubt that that's going to happen.
1: But you know, we'll we'll see who knows yeah it, it's definitely exposed it's exposed a lot of the inequities that we've had we have uh, around the world and that's at least a starting point maybe more people are becoming more aware to it and we'll hopefully collectively work together to try and improve the situation we can just hope that that's the case again it's not going to come down to one person but hopefully as a collective we can do that and i and uh, i hope to continue this conversation for sure exactly. about that all right. I was uh, happy to have you here, Mohammed. Uh, Thanks, I just Appreciate like to it. say a conclusion.
0: Again, I'm pulling through for Vietnam. I'm 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 hoping that this situation can be turned around. If you're listening and, and you're also living in Vietnam, stay strong. We're gonna get through this. It's, this is tough. We see cases rising all over the world, um, but let's do what we can together. Um, and, I, and I like to say I'm happy to be here. I am I am still happy to be here. Sure. Um, it, yeah, it's I agree. Definitely consider myself blessed. I'm hoping and I'm praying that things are going to be under control soon. I miss being outside.
1: <laughs> me too, man. More For more than five minutes, anyways. <laughs> All right. yeah, uh, We wish you the best. Thanks a lot for having me on, man. I appreciate it. Thank, Thank you the for coming. All right.
0: You definitely will Cheers, be buddy. back.
1: Take Thank care, man. guys. And...
0: Stay tuned for our next episode. Peace. Peace.